Blog Talk Radio. Better for me because 
I every year I always end up picking up Philip Rivers. It doesn't matter if I get him in like the third round, fourth round, like this year, like the eighth round. And uh man, but yeah, I mean I'm not in cold. It was it was a good and a bad day and on a live where, you know, it matters more, I guess. But it was it was an interesting interesting day in football, especially considering there were just a lot of things that, that happened that shouldn't have happened. Or not not necessarily shouldn't have happened, but like if we were in weekly eight or nine, like like that wouldn't it's like I said, in my columns, lots of teams playing a little bit better than they are before they come crashing down to earth. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, I'm alive in my suicide pick. The fantasy season is young, so very young. I can rebound. I can rebound from this. One year, I dropped to two and seven, and still made it to the championship. So, look out, Dio. I'm hey, coming for you. It's all it's always open fantasy, you know. It just like and, and even though you know fantasy, unlike fan, unlike the real game that's played on the field, and fantasy, even if you don't have, even if you're zero two after this week, there is still hope. Unlike if your oh, yeah. teams like the Colts, the Bills, mm. the Saints, zero two, you're not looking too pretty right now. Nope. But before we talk about uh, fantasy and survivor. And survivor and survivor and survivor pool picks. Uh, we got to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles do play tomorrow night. They take on, as I said, the Chicago Bears. Primetime event. Carson Wentz will make his primetime debut. So will Doug Peterson. There's a lot of interest around this game. More, there's a lot of interest around this game. Obviously, what's going to happen on the field because. The, this is Carson Wentz primetime debut. A lot of people are going to want to see what does the what does the North Dakota State product does on the big stage, and then what are the what can what can he do against a, a Bears defense that's pretty that has a pretty that's pretty solid with some solid linebackers. How is he going to do with that? But there's also a lot of intrigue around what the Eagles are going to do pregame, as um, Malcolm Jenkins uh, reiterated the the past a, a few days ago. I think it was Friday night. Iterated that him and the, him and some players on the team will be doing some sort of demonstration uh, before the national anthem uh, to highlight the, the 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 oppression and racial injustices that uh, happen in our country. And Doug Peterson said that he stands by his players and their decision. Do it. He doesn't know what it's going to be, but he stands by his players' decisions. And also said, and I saw this on Twitter, that he would that he will. And whatever his team do, he will join them as well. Angela, before we talk about the X and X's and O's, uh, how do you yeah. how do you feel about this? Because I, oh, pre- yeah. I, okay. I appreciate Jake yeah. taking this, but I also and I also but I also really love that Peterson is even saying I'm going to join my players in this. It kind of you know, it's something that I wouldn't think Chip Kelly would do. I'm just saying. Just no disrespect. I, I I I I agree with you, and this is like one of those things where uh, sometimes I need to get out my 11 foot pole because 10 feet isn't enough. But uh, <laughs> you and I, you and I, you and I, as friends, have had conversations about these types of issues. You as a black man and me as a white woman, not really having so much in common with being able to find commonalities and mm-hmm. come to an understanding if we don't agree with each other. So I will say this. I will preface it with this. 
the players have the right to kneel Mm -hmm. or to sit for the national anthem, just like people have the right to disagree with them and think that it's wrong. Whoever is wrong or right in that in that whole argument, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, from my personal experience, my grandfather was a staff sergeant in World War II. Mm-hmm. was on the beach at Normandy, and my father served for four years in the Navy, the Vietnam era vet. I mean, for me, like, my dad and I, we actually do get up and stand up for the national anthem in my house. It, it mm-hmm. just happens like that. But... Yeah. We all have different experiences. We all have different perspectives and stuff. And I don't mm-hmm. want to invalidate anyone else's experience or their perspective or opinion any more than I would want them to invalidate mine. So like I said, right. I have the right to do all of that, just like I have the right to disagree with them. Right, in a respectful way, but, which is okay. Whoever's which is great right, you respectfully yes. disagree, right. Because we're all adults here. We can re- – there, there is such a thing as called agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And well, that's just where I come from. I know some people don't understand that. And, and, and I get yeah. it. And I get it. And, like, yeah. And me, me personally, I don't agree with it because my grandfather served in the Army. My father served in the Navy. You know, I get the whole, like, mm-hmm. that opinion of it. I have two brothers right. that are Philadelphia cops. One is a sergeant, and one was shot in the line of duty. So if it was – I I, I trust because, like, the most recent thing that I read that came out was saying that Malcolm Jenkins was saying it's not an anti-police thing, and I hope that's the case. Oh, I would agree. I I think think, he's socially engaged with what's happening, Mm -hmm. and I think he wouldn't go that level. I think Because if it was an anti – because if it was an anti-police – kind of thing, I think that would be in really poor taste to do just mm-hmm. after the P- the Philly PD was ambushed the other right. right. And I hear those type of things, and I hear those type of things from, again, a different experience, but every time I hear, you know, those two, like, you know, when you hear the, the two words, like, you know, two words that go together that, like, instill fear in you, like, cumulative smile instill, instill fear in you. Mm-hmm. Officer Officer Down is one of those for me because for me, I mean, I I've gotten that kind. I mean, I didn't I did not answer that phone call. My parents did, but my bedroom door came busting open at 3 a.m. because of that kind of stuff. So that's like a different. But we all have different perspectives and experiences, and that's the thing. Like we can all learn from each other. Like, well, I don't know what it's like to be on your side of it, but the way you you know, verbalize it to me, I can kind of get something and like, you know, there are things like you're on the other side of the experience for me and then you can tell it's me. It's like, well, I really get it at that point. I don't think there's enough time that people spend listening to each other or it's just everyone mm-hmm. tries to argue and, and it becomes yeah. he who screams the loudest and no one wins in one of those contests. That's why I don't nope. discuss politics on Facebook. That's why I don't do religion on Facebook. I don't do any of that crap on social media because you want to know what? It's not worth it. No. I have a friend. I have a no. friend of mine that comes into the bar that I work at that like tells me that I should vote for the person he wants to vote for, and I always tell him that. Nah, he's like, I'm not telling you who I'm voting for. Like between me and the booth, like right. it's not worth. It's not worth getting an argument with you, who's a friend of mine, over this kind of crap. Like I just, you know, I let him go, I let him fire off, but 
I just don't think people like spend enough time listening to each other, and that's the problem. Because I think if we listen to each other a little bit more, instead of like you know, right. a lot of people hear to react instead of here to just listen mm-hmm. and absorb the information mm-hmm. and then take a couple minutes and then respond. And so that's right. the fact where I am on that. I, I see both sides of it. Both sides of it completely. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think if the Eagles were to do something to quote-unquote protest the police or whatever, do something that was in a disrespectful manner, I think it would be in really poor taste and really bad timing considering what has happened in Philadelphia in the past 48 hours. No, I would, I would, I would agree with you. On, I would agree with you on that, uh, on that point in that statement, and we'll see what they do. But it's great that, like we said, it's great, and like you said, it's good that it's good that we have some type of. There, it's good that there are people that have that have some understanding of both sides that are willing to listen to both sides. And I think, and I think that's a huge point for this head coach and Doug Peterson to be able to understand his players and what and how they feel about it and what they and what stance they want to take on it him saying, you know what? Whatever they do, I will join. And even though he's not an African American male, he understands and is socially aware. That's what I meant to say, socially aware of things that yeah. are going on. But like I said, it comes down to both sides understanding understanding both viewpoints and not trying to just pick out one thing and just argue about or get angry about it, instead of not missing the not missing the one part of context, but actually listen to the whole thing and then making your making your call and uh, judgment. But moving on from that, we gotta talk about the X's and O's in this game because this is a huge game for the Eagles because this season they have an early bye week at week four. So after this game, they have one more game against the Steelers, which will possibly be a loss just because, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown against this secondary, I don't want to – I don't even want to think about what what A.B. will do to our corners. <laughs> don't want to think mm-hmm. about that. So this is technically a must-win game for the Eagles to start off 2-0 just because we don't know what's going to happen in that Steelers game. So when we look at this game, Angela, as I said, this is Wentz's first road game, primetime debut. Um, Eagles came off a dominating performance against the Browns, 29-10 victory, dominated all three phases of the game. But the running game did not did not have a good did not have a good game. They were they were solid but not great. Uh, they won't be. They'll be without Zach Ertz, who has a rib displacement injury. He's week to week. They'll be out with. They'll be without Leotis McKelvin. Before uh, he's dealing with an injury, so he's the week. Damn, that trading Eric Rowe looks really bad right now because now the Eagles are really down to like three corners right now. So you're going to be seeing a combination of Ron Brooks and Jalen Mills. Lord help us. Oh, <laughs> how Jay Cutler might take advantage of them. <laughs> oh, God. Well, oh. uh, see, here's the thing Jay Cutler is an extraordinarily average quarterback. Um, true, true. True. Cuddy is Cuddy. Cuddy is average. When Cuddy's good, he's on. But when he's bad, he's bad. Yeah, but he doesn't have that deep ball threat. And I, you know, yeah, I the the corners Alpha. are a concern. He does that. Well, yeah, he has no his arm. He doesn't. He doesn't really do the freaking deep ball that much. Like, yeah, Alshon definitely right, is definitely right, a deep ball threat. Right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. He doesn't. But he doesn't like the, going. He doesn't like to play to that. He doesn't throw the hail mary right. up that much. Like he doesn't right. like the deep ball threat. He plays, the, he he plays the intermediate. 
guest. So it's it just there are so many different things that can go that way. I mean, the D line needs to step up and put a lot of pressure on him. I think if the D line can put the pressure on him to the point where like they get a couple sacks in or they hurry him, then he's he's mortal. He's not invincible. And you are reading my mind right now. <laughs> You're reading yeah. my mind because that was literally my first key. <laughs> that was my first key to deal on the mm-hmm. pressure because they only got two sacks on RG3. No, what well, a two, no, three sacks on RG3 and got them and, and, and forced the interception. So they got pressure, but they need more. And last week, Holy crap, Roger got a lot fumbled. of pressure. Oh, Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah he did. They, just, they, not, yep, they knocked it out of them. 653 left in the fourth quarter. Minnesota's up 17 to nothing. Man, they might be able to ice the game right here. Holy crap. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's go back to the Eagles. All right. No, <laughs> it's all these, good. These live Sunday, these live Sunday night football reactions from me. Right, <laughs> the live sports reactions. <laughs> it always happens every couple of weeks. There's a live reaction. Like, whoa, did that happen? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Lest, lest we forget the game where I yelled, "Holy, uh, you know, yeah." On the air, because Marshawn busted off like the 80 yard run. And I started like, "Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah." That was. <laughs> that was one of the record books right there, and that was that was like a good live reaction for me. So I've gotten better with that and like not exploding when that kind of stuff happens. That was just amazing. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the Eagles. No, the D the D line needs to step up and and hurry the hell out of Cutler. And if they do that, they can they can yep. really put the pressure on him and essentially neutralize the Bears' offense, and then they just leave up their offense. And last week, yeah. their offense gave their defense a ton of rest, which is something we hadn't seen in the last two years. So, 39 minutes of time of possession, I think. It was 39 minutes. That was actually the longest the Eagles have held the ball on offense since, I think they said, uh, Chip Kelly last season when he, had, mm, when he held no, the ball there's for no way, there is There is no way a Chip Kelly team – How 34 minutes, you said? Yes, 34. Remember that game was also a blowout as well. He was one of the yeah. I, know. I mean, I, 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 I would, yeah, I would believe that, but at the same time, I don't want to believe that because he just always like didn't really put that much faith, like that much concern into his defense and how long he had them on like, the field. That that was their huge problem last year. The defense got exhausted by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But he's but he gone. So we don't need to talk about him anymore. Um, the O-line just needs to protect Wentz. Wentz is going to be nervous. He's going to have to shake off, you know, the nerves. He's he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Let's be realistic about that. He is still a kid. And his second game in the league, he's going to be on a nationally televised game on ESPN, no less. Yep. So now, you know, everyone was saying after the first game how he was showing the poise of a veteran. We're going to see if he's oh, the poise of a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a huge, huge test for him. So we'll see how he performs. I don't want to be negative about it because I don't really have any reason to be negative about it. But at the same time, right. I want to be cautiously people, people optimistic. People might have thought we were negative last week, but we weren't being negative last week. We were just keeping it real. We were keeping it in the context of what It was happened. one game. One game doesn't a career make. Jesus, people. Yes, true. That is true. We, we've seen what one game wonders can do in any sport. One game can kind of uh, kind of determine. It doesn't determine a lot, but a lot of judgments can be made from it. If you listen to our podcast last week, 
three of us went B, why another person went the letter grade of an A. Just saying. Just saying. We will not release the names oh, who did that, oh, but just saying. Oh, Homer Simpson? Yeah, Homer Simpson went A on that. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Uh, Love you, buddy. Think you're awesome. <laughs> Had to get that dick in. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, you kind of hit on both of my keys to the victory to this game. Like you said, the D-line has to get pressure on Cutler. Someone has to step up for Zach Ertz. Without Ertz, they are losing six receptions at 58 yards, which he had last week. So, who's going to step up for him? Trey Burton. Could Burton step up? Could Nelson Aguilar? Could this be a game that – could this be a breakout game for Nelson Aguilar? We've seen last week – uh, against the Texans, the Bears defense had trouble, not against DeAndre Hawkins, they had trouble against Will Fuller, who is a speedy wide receiver. They're kind of like their second option. He gave them fits, so we'll see if Nelson Aguilar can give them fits because the Bears secondary is kind of beat up uh, beat up right now uh, on, on that side of the ball. And then I think the third the third point, when I alluded to this already, Angela, is a running game. The Eagles running game has to step up. Ryan Matthews, yeah, 22 carries, 77 yards. That's great. That's solid. That's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not huge. But that 77 yards, it wasn't great. It was more tough. And you got to give credit to Doug Peterson actually sticking to the running game. See, it, it it's solid, but it's not explosive. Because here's the mm-hmm. thing: like I said last week, like I said last week, I wish they would have aired the ball out more to, you know, push the secondary off the line. They need to – running the ball more to – I think it's like a balance, right? Like you air the ball out more to push the secondary off the line. You run the ball more to mm-hmm. keep the secondary a little bit close. Like there has to be some right. type of balance to it. Everything in life requires balance, work and play, mm-hmm. like sleep in a week. Like that 50-50 kind of stuff. balance. It doesn't even necessarily the thing we, doesn't preach, with Andy, the thing we preach with Andy Reid. We preach balance. You just need, even if your running back does not get a touchdown during the game, your mm-hmm. running back still has to be a threat to get a touchdown. Agreed. And you have you have to use him enough to where the defense is always on their heels. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Are they going to throw? Are they going to run? There's a mashup that comes with it, and there is a balance to it. And it's all going to come with time because it is a new coaching staff, and this is, you know, right. a new, right. you know, system but lack of system because there is no, like, system right. system. You know what I mean? Like, Doug right. Peterson is just right. trying to go in and de-coach and do what he can do. And mm-hmm. I have I have faith in him. That's why I got really mad over the summer when everyone was saying he's the worst coach in the NFL. But this guy hasn't even no, had like one pretty game yet. Coach like why are Exactly. He's got a contract extension. Yeah, for a team that hasn't scored an offensive touchdown yet this season. I sit my teeth. And the LA Rams have not won a game since nineteen ninety four. Yes, this is this is true. This is true. This is true. So, We're going to touch on that in our NFL yeah. segment. We're going to touch on that. But, <laughs> like, those guys. but like, real, but like, real quick, wrapping it up. Like, don't really get the hate. This is like a whole like practically new group that's just trying to like get their bearings in order and learn how right. to work with each other. So the fact that they're one to know right now, that's a good thing. You know, I don't think any of us are expecting them to like make it to the playoffs or win the Super Bowl this year. So let's yeah. let them play it out and let's let them learn to play together because 
you know, there are a lot of teams in multiple sports that won their, you know, respective, you know, trophy over the past few years that might not have been the best team on paper, but were the team that mm-hmm. played together best. Hello, 2008 mm-hmm. Philly. Or and the that's Royals all from last that year. Hmm? Or the Royals from last year. They didn't really have or the Seahawks, or, or the Seahawks, the year they won the Super Bowl. Like, on paper, that they were true. not the best team in the NFL. It happens all true. across sports. I'm sure it happens in hockey, mm-hmm. if I really follow hockey like that. But it happens in basketball, too. It happens all over the place. So it's not it's not always the best team on paper. It's the best team. That, it's the team that plays best together. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're in something that's a complete team sport. And football is a complete team sport. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But we're not, let's be realistic. None of us are expecting to win a damn Super Bowl this freaking year. No. So, if they so make the playoffs, it would be an accomplishment. That would be amazing if they even got to that point. Right. They made the playoffs. But my point is, you know what, stop, like, let's all stop micromanaging all, this, all the crap and let them just learn to play together and learn to grow together because that's the only way they're going to be good in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to see them win a Super Bowl. I know you want to see them win a Super Bowl, but you know what? More than anything, I want my father to see them win a Super Bowl because he's been a damn season ticket holder since 1979. Long before I was born. Well, long, long before you were born. I want to see, I want him to see them win a Super Bowl. So just chill the hell out and, like, let them learn to play together. All right. No, I totally I totally agree with you on that point. And to wrap up this segment, um, let's give our X factors. Who do you think is going to be an X factor? I'm writing this down, by the way. So, who is going to be your X? Who do you think is going to be the X factor in tomorrow's in tomorrow night's game for the Eagles to win? Brent Selleck. Brent Selleck. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like with that. Earth, with Earth being down, they're going to go to him a lot, and he is beastly. He can dip his shoulders in. He can play out through people. Brent Selleck, 100%. Brent he has Selleck, at least one like touch- he, has a, he has at least one touchdown in 75 yards tomorrow. Ooh, I like it. I like that prediction. One touchdown is 75 yards. I love it. I've been pretty spot on with my, pers- my prediction so far, so let's keep it going. You have. <laughs> you have, and then all for me – um, my X factor. I'm actually going to go on the defensive side. I want to go to the defensive line, and a guy that a lot of people aren't really talking about this year. I'm going to go with Benny Logan. I think Benny Logan's going to have a, have a good game uh, tomorrow against the against the Bears offensive line that's not that strong right now. They lost they lost Matt Matt Slauson. Uh, their um their center they cut they cut him. And now they are uh they lost then they then they lost their backup <laughs> to uh two sloths and they lost their backup in preseason to a torn ACL and now they're starting a rookie at the center position. So, you know that spells for me. That spells for me, Benny Logan is going to eat tomorrow night uh, on that in that middle of that Bears offensive line. So I think Benny, Benny Logan's a good player. He's a good player. He just kinda gets lost in the sauce a little bit. Yes, that's the truth. He really, he really is a good player. Like I say, he does get lost because you have Barwin, Graham, Curry, Cox. Cox, and then it's just like, 
And then it's just like Benny Logan. You're like, hey guys, he's really good. You know, he's for a third every round. One, pick. Every, one, really every once in a while, Brandon Graham shows up with a sack. Yeah, isn't that funny, right? Hmm. So would have rather had Earl Thomas. Oh Lord. Another podcast for <laughs> another deck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dark House. <laughs> we've been putting we've been putting that podcast off for what like two three years now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally, we're just going to do one. We're just going to, that, yo, actually, I think that's a great idea. When it's draft season, it we should just, like, do a yeah. draft. We should just do a draft podcast and just look back at all the players the Eagles could have and look at how their careers panned out. Oh, that would be actually, yep. yeah. That would actually be, that's brilliant. Why did you say that on air? We should have saved that for private conversation. Aw. I mean, people, people ain't going to remember that by the time, by the time, you know, when draft season comes around. Mm, you don't know, man. They won't. Someone might have written that down. Things happen. Well, then they've written it down. That means they must be listening. To yeah, it. there you I'll go. I'll take the listen as well. <laughs> I'll take the listen as well. And Wait, let's trans- that, let's trans- we have it. We have it. We have it recorded. So it's like technically copyrighted. So boom, the cars. Exactly. Exactly. And we're on multiple platforms too. So you can't say it's not true because I can pull up every platform we're on. So it's a win-win. <laughs> to win-win for us. And let's translate and move on to what's going on around the NFL. And let's start off in the NFC least, or as we call it, the NFC East. And we had a divisional game that happened. It was on Fox, if, you were, if you're living in the Philadelphia area, it was shown on Fox. We had the Cowboys taking on the Washington professional football team. And Dak Prescott had an impressive second outing for all the Eagles fans that were clowning this man and for all the people that was clowning Dak saying he doesn't look good and X, Y, and Z. Dak came to play ball today, led an impressive final drive to lead the Cowboys to victory. Him, the the, the Dak does combination was on point today, did a great job, great job getting Cole Beasley, all his weapons involved. Like I keep on telling y'all, he looks like a young McNabb out there. How McNabb just spreads the ball mm-hmm. around and get all his guys involved. That's what Dak is doing. He led them to a victory. Um, but on the other side, Kirk Cousins didn't look didn't look too good. Um, made a costly interception in, in, in the end zone around not one, not two, but three Cowboys defenders. And apparently, as I heard on Pro Football, uh, from as I heard on Mike um, on NBC tonight from Mike Florio on television, he said that there are there are some players in the Redskins locker room that are not happy with Kirk Cousins and his lack of poise. So that is something interesting to monitor. And then also we had the Giants beating the Saints, 16-13. But, Angela, the best game was obviously yeah. Dak Prescott showing up. Hold on. I need to address the whole Kirk Cousins not showing poise thing. I mean, how can you ex- like expect a career backup to, like, you know, yeah, he's been in the league, like, for years, but he's not going to show the same kind of, like, presence that people that have been elite the same years or in the same number of years as him that have been starting this whole time. He's been a career backup of his lack of poise. Now, the Cowboys friggin' beat you. Take your licks and, like, admit you were, like, you lost. Like, the George Carlin said in his last stand-up show. No, like, people don't hear those, like, character-building words anymore. You lost, Johnny. You're a loser. Like, you lost. <laughs> Suck it up and move on the next week. <laughs> like, you can't be, like, his lack of poise. Like, dude's a career backup that just keeps, like, starting because he's behind people that just keep getting hurt. So, 
Anywho, um, yeah, I've said it before. I will say it again, and I'm going to climb up on my high horse right now when I say it. But Dak Prescott has superstar written all over him. And I will gladly add that since he has gone on the field and served all the haters a nice tall glass of shot the hell up, my Twitter DM hatred has ceased. Haven't heard <laughs> really anything. It's it's crickets in my DM on Twitter. Tumbleweed. Since he's tumbleweed gone out right and now. he's performed. Oh yeah, tumbleweeds blowing through that bitch since he showed up to play. So I don't really need to say much more than I've already said. I pled his case when he was in college. I pled his case when after the draft. Pled his case the past couple of weeks. Right. All I got to say is pre-season. Dude, <laughs> dude, oh, yeah, dude's got superstar written all over him. And I said that going back like over a be, year ago. I feel like he's going to become a regular segment on our show. Like, he's going to become a regular segment. On the podcast, which is fine. I yeah, know I know, but that makes that. that makes us that makes us look better because we were talking about him long before he was on anyone's radar. So boom, right. And if for any so, Eagles fan to listen to this and say, "Oh my God, why are y'all giving Dak Prescott so much praise?" Listen, even though we fans we keep it real when it comes to the analysis of the game of football and take the blinders. <laughs> nah, nah, they must have just started listening like a month ago if they're wondering why we're giving Dak Prescott so much praise. <laughs> if they listened, they'd know. And it wasn't – it was me that brought him up. I was the one that was saying I was all in on him when I, he was a junior. This when he was true. a junior and thinking about coming out into the draft, I was all in on him. And he decided to stay and finish his degree, which I completely respect. The end of his junior year wasn't that great. He had to get over some hurdles going into his senior year. People were worried about his accuracy issues, his maturity issues. Like, listen, that all comes with age. Mm-hmm. I was never not all in on that dude. I said from the jump, from the moment I spoke his name on this podcast, because everything I say on here is recorded. So if I'm going to be adamant about something and I'm dead wrong, I always have that risk of someone replaying the tape for me and being like, well, really? Like, you called this, like, wrong. Which happens all the time as a woman who is in the sports journalism industry and does mm-hmm. this kind of crap. Always. Right. So, the fact that he has superstar written all over him, and he does, he does, and let's get over the fact that he's a cowboy. Like, let's put that all aside. Right. If he Just was drafted from a football by, standpoint. Yeah, if he was drafted by an AFC team who had nothing to do with us, there mm-hmm. wouldn't be any kind of, like, controversy over us talking about him. But the kids right. got superstar written all over him. And it sucks that the Eagles didn't take him. I hope we end up on the better end of the deal with Carson mm-hmm. Wentz because really nice for nothing more, well, right, but if for nothing more, they gave up a lot to get Carson Wentz and they wouldn't have had to give up anything to get Dak Prescott. So think about that. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's the truth. So that's where I am on that. I I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys fans because, in my experience, most of the Cowboys fans I know are not from Texas. 
they are anti-Eagles fans. They're from the Philadelphia mm-hmm. region, and they just hate the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm a Cowboys fan because so I hate the Eagles. No, dude, that's not cool. Like, just say you don't like football. Don't, like, root for the team against <laughs> your hometown team because you're disdained for football. <laughs> I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys fans. I hate Jerry Jones, and I hate Chris Christie and his stupid red frickin' sweater that he wears when he sits in the box with Jerry Jones. I hate everything about it. I hate their gigantic TV screen that sometimes, like, the punts, like, hit and it obscure it, you know, it obstructs from the game. I hate everything about it. It's a big mega spectacle. It's a hyper-reality, that damn stadium. It's not even, like, the real world. But that kid's got superstar written all over him, and I can't hate them in terms of that. I can't feel that their quarterback sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He's going to be a real star. And I don't even think they put Tony Roma back in the starting position when he gets healthy again. I don't think they do it. You can't I think they do say it. sorry, Tony. You can't, you can't nope, I think it. they say sorry, Tony. He took it over, and he did a lot better than you ever did. And I really don't want to say that the Cowboys win a division this year, but they might win a division because that kid's a superstar written all over him. He does. Can't he does. say, but it's the truth. It, it, it is the truth, and it's something that we're definitely going to keep monitoring. we got a few more minutes left here on the podcast. So let's get to Angela's Survivor Picks. Angela, in her recent columnist, Survivor Picks, picked Baltimore because she usually shies away from taking the away team, uh, taking the away team against the division rival. But against this week, she took the Ravens over Cleveland. It was a little shaky because Cleveland got out to a 20-2 lead, <sighs> but Baltimore came back got the victory, and then in her pick that she always tells y'all every week to be afraid of, she has hit on back-to-back weeks because back-to-back weeks, both games have been tough in that situation, especially with the L.A. Rams beating the Seattle uh, Seahawks 9-3. You're on a roll, Angela, especially with your stay away from these team picks. You're doing a great job with those. I always have matchups on the schedule that really, really scare me where it looks like that should be the team that, like, kicks the the hell out of their opponent. Mm-hmm. But when I look at a matchup and I'm like, yeah, they're going to kick the crap out of them, I get a little bit nervous. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they going to kick the crap out of them so much? And it's usually because, and everyone does this in their suicide or survival pool or however you choose to refer to it, you always look for, like, the really bad teams. And who's playing the really bad teams that week? Last week, I wasn't really too jazzed on the Green Bay at Jacksonville matchup. A lot of people picked that. But I was just like, you know, Jackson, listen, Jacksonville's not really a joke anymore. They're not. Mm-hmm. Gus Bradley has spent time, he's logged the man hours to build that team. And, you know, I've gotten it from people because I said that I wanted Gus Bradley to be the coach of the Eagles, and I still stand by that to this day. That's who I wanted to be the coach of the Eagles. And, uh, well, you know, Chip Kelly's done better with the Eagles, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've gotten that in the past, like, you know, two years. But it was my cousin who was one of, like, the most, like, biggest proponents of that argument. And I remember one time I got so angry with him that I posted the Jacksonville Jaguars roster from 2012 and pasted it into a thread. And I was like, you know, you tell me that Gus Bradley walked into a better situation or the same situation that Chip Kelly did because he didn't. So Gus Bradley has spent years and – Exactly, exactly. That team in Jacksonville he walked into was a friggin' high school team. It was garbage. And he he has gradually 
gotten the pieces and built up, and they're not a joke anymore. You know, yeah, they might only win five, six games this season, but they're not that layup that you can look up in the suicide pool. Like, oh, they're playing Jacksonville, boom, boom, they're going to go in 12. It, do, it's not, it doesn't work like that anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was afraid of them week one. And plus, Blake Bortles is actually a pretty decent quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah. They're just in this con- they're just in this constant process of building around him because, mm-hmm. you know, botched free agent signings, botched oh god, botched draft picks, Justin Blackman, who had all the talent in the world that could have been like a superstar wide receiver, but just couldn't lay off the marijuana. Um they're in they're in a constant process of building around. I didn't want to take I didn't want to take that game. Like you look at that game on paper and be like, oh, Green Bay's gonna kill them. It was pretty mm-hmm. close. I know the Seahawks pretty well. I follow the Seahawks and even I was wary about choosing that game today. I wouldn't have wanted to. The Rams play their division rivals like so well, it's uncanny. They play everyone else in the rest of the NFL like crap. But I knew that that was the one that, like, mm, they didn't look that – Seahawks didn't look that good last week. I thought they were going to win that game tonight. I thought they would have ended up pulling it out and winning it in, like, the last minute, like they did last week. But, you know, it happened. That's, like, the one thing when I look at the schedule. I usually have, like, one or two games that jump out to me that's going to be the winner, and then I have, like, the ones that are, like, no, don't. Get your 11-foot pole out because 10 feet just ain't enough. Like, don't touch mm-hmm. it. it. It's it's as much of a science as it is a gut feeling and an intuition. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when it actually gets easier as the season progresses because you have less teams to choose from. You're not looking right. at a board of... You know, however many teams, I'm like, oh, my God, who do I pick? Who do I pick? It actually gets easier, like, the more teams that get knocked off the board because, like, I can only choose from these, these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're totally, you're, you're totally right about that, and I think that's where we're going to lead. That's where we're going to end off. Uh, but I'm podcast. glad that I was right today. I'm glad that I was right today, and I'm glad that the suicide pool we, you know, lives to, live to be another week. And The column lives. The column lives, and I'm happy to help you all get, you know, to the end so we can all win some money, readers. Trust me, I don't want to to steer them wrong because who I choose in the column is who I'm actually choosing in my pool, so. Right. (laughs) Exactly. This is not, I'm just picking them just because. No, this is the pick I'm buying with personally. So, yeah, you've done an excellent job so far. And if you guys don't, if you guys haven't checked out the column, it's always running on Total Sports Live, either on Thursday or Friday. It's always running. So you can check it out. You can check it out on there, totalsportslive.com. And that's going to wrap up the podcast. It's been a good one. We talked some Eagles, talked what happened in the NFL, talked some survivors slash suicide pool stuff, all great stuff. Minnesota won. And there you go. The Vikings have won behind Sammy Holy <laughs> Damn, man. It's, it's it's getting real. So that means Wentz has to win tomorrow because Bradford won tonight. Wentz has to win tomorrow night. It's uh it's only right. And like I said, that's gonna wrap up the podcast. Thanks everybody once again for tuning in. We'll be back uh we'll be back Tuesday night. Yes, we'll be back Tuesday night. 
to talk about the Eagles game to see uh, the reaction. We're just going to give our reaction. We're going to have we're going to take a few. We're going to take some time to digest it after whatever happens, and we'll react to it on a Tuesday night at eleven o'clock uh, p.m. And there will be a hundred of us on. So. Yeah, you already know. You already know. How There'll be a hundred of us on, so you'll hear like five words from each of us. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly that's exactly how it's going to be. But make sure you follow me on Twitter at Joe Bonten, follow Angela at Angela Montone, follow Total Sports Live at Total Sports Live. The Facebook, like, like the Facebook page, check out TotalSportsLive.com. A lot of great Eagles content, sports content coming out for the rest of this week as we head, to our, head towards October. And for me and Angela, and have a great rest of your night uh, and have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys Tuesday to react to Eagles Bears. Bye, everyone. <laughs>